Good morning. Good morning, everyone, even those of you back in the bleachers there. Good morning to you. Greetings Sunday morning. Greetings to those of you who are watching us through the internet. We are so glad that all of you have decided to join us for worship, either here in person or through the internet. You know, besides whatever opportunities arise in your own individual lives, there are a few opportunities through our faith community for enriching your faith journey and deepening your discipleship that I want to highlight for you. Today, Sunday, April 18th, there's a webinar uh, with the Anti-Defamation League at 4 p.m. on local hate groups and how we might respond with our Christian ethics and affect that, uh, help to strengthen our community to be one of love and respect rather than of hate. Uh, check your Friday blast or a communication that you might see today from, uh, from the church or go to the website and you'll see ways by which you can connect for this uh, important webinar. Then on Thursday, there was a Zoom conversation with the Thousand Oaks United Methodist Church uh, with Harbor House, where we're talking about homelessness in the Caneo Valley. Now, is that something that you want to get more information on and, and uh, hear about how you might be able to affect it? That will be Thursday uh, evening. And again, you can find how to connect to that through the church's e-blast or through our website. And I want to remind you that the registration is now open for the series that we are having in May, the Wednesday evenings of May, on having difficult conversations in grace-filled ways. Uh, you sense that that's even more important now than it's, than it's ever been. And, and we want to be a kind of religious community that knows how to do that and can do that well with one another because we certainly are not going to agree on everything, but we ought to be able to agree that we need to be able to talk in a good fashion with one another, listen and understand one another. So we want to strive to to gain some uh, skills in being able to do that. So the registration is now open. You can sign up through our uh, website or by calling the church office. Maybe that's the best way to do it. Um, I am hoping that, that all of our church members will consider participating in, in this and that we'll have as many as possible uh, participate. All right, let us center ourselves upon the spirit of the living God, which is among us and within us, and worship. Come, come, everybody worship with a prayer or song of praise. Come, come, everybody worship, worship God always. During these upcoming months, our attention remains on Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God. Yes, Rachel and I are, are knee-deep or shoulder-deep into this concept. We think it's most important for us to get our, our thoughts around it and our spirits in line with it. Yet now we're accessing Jesus's thinking through the parables. There is much wisdom here for, for us to get a better grasp on this notion of Jesus's, of the kingdom of God, and more fully understand how we can live into it and help bring it about, not only in our own lives, so we have a sense of that connection with God, but in the lives of people around us, so we have a sense of building up the kingdom of God. Uh, today, I set the table for Pastor Rachel and my upcoming sermons on Jesus' understanding of the kingdom of God as presented through 
the parables. So let us begin our worship today as we get into this uh, important topic uh, with a word of prayer. Please center yourself in prayer. Holy God, be with us in this time of worship that we might open our hearts and minds to your holy word. That being nurtured and inspired by it, we would be led into truer discipleship and greater faithfulness. In your son's name we pray and for your purposes we pray. Amen. time in our worship service where I'll invite the children at home to come close to your TV screen so that we can be in conversation together. Our Celebrate Wonder curriculum is talking right now about the idea of sharing and how we share our faith with God and our understanding of who Jesus is with others around us. The Bible story that we looked at this week is one where Peter and John encounter someone in need. And the way that they offer help is by sharing the truth and the wonder about Jesus with the, pe the person that they met. And everyone was surprised at the ways in which his life was changed by getting the gift of Jesus. We as people of faith are also changed when we accept Jesus and say, I want to follow him. So as Pastor Walt said, we're going to be talking about those parables, those sayings that are sometimes difficult to understand, but have little bits of wisdom and knowledge for us so that we can grow into who Jesus and God desire us to be. I invite you as we continue to, to share our faith with others, that we continue to keep our eyes open so that God can continue to surprise us. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? We do a repeat after me prayer, so I'll encourage those that are gathered here to repeat after me or those of you at home. Dear God, thank you for yesterday. Thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Continue to surprise us. And allow us to share you with others. In your name we pray. Amen. I can hear the 
Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, you speak so many truths to our hearts and invite us to explore and wonder and ponder about the mysteries of your love. Help us to dig deeply into your parables and to see the ways in which you are inviting us to hear your truth anew so that we might live in the world as your followers who are working to build your kingdom. Allow each and every one of us to be willing to pause, to reflect, and to consider how you might be challenging us through each passage that we read during this series and allow us to continue to grow into the people you desire us to be. As a faith community, we join together in lifting the following people in prayer. We join with Jean DeHaven lifting up prayers for her daughter's friend, Beth, who is in Seattle where her husband, Paul, is in, a, in isolation from COVID. We pray for Beth and we pray for all of those who are still in the throes of combating COVID right now, from people who unexpectedly contracted the virus during Easter celebrations to those people in communities where the vaccinations are not as readily available. Be with each person and family as they continue to grapple with what this pandemic means to them and how it might affect them most directly. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Celine and Rich Burns, who have experienced the loss of several family members over the past several months, and as they intern their uncle's ashes tomorrow. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join with Candy Wilcox lifting up prayers for Carmen Lopez, who has contracted a fungal growth in her trachea. Be with her doctors that they can discern the best course of treatment to bring her back to health. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers with Steve Langberg for his cousin, Peter Dinnerstein, who recently had bypass surgery. Offer him healing and let him know your presence. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, we lift up prayers for the civil discord and social unrest that is happening in our nation right now. We pray for connection, for healing, for listening and support across socioeconomic lines, across racial lines, across cultural lines, and neighborhood and community lines. Allow us to live into your vision of what the kingdom truly is meant to be. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We celebrate the wedding anniversary of Jean and Carolyn Cooper, who celebrated 59 years of, of marital bliss this past week. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we take a moment to come to you with our prayers that we hold in our hearts this day. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join together saying the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We now turn our attentions to our screens. If you're at home, you're already on your screen. But for those of you gathered, we'll turn our attention to our screen as we receive our mission moment. When my son started looking out the windows because he thought the neighbors were spying on us, and he was also thinking the house was bugged by the government, it was a really scary situation. I reached out to my family because I didn't know what to do, and they didn't know what to do either because no one in my family had gone through anything like this before. I found NAMI, and everything changed for us. For a long time, I believed my mental illness disqualified me from being healthy or happy way too long. NAMI Ventura County helped me believe in myself again. NAMI Ventura County has been educating, supporting, and advocating for people and families living with mental health challenges since 1981. One in four adults live with a mental health challenge. In Ventura County, that's approximately 162,856 adults. Mental illness does not discriminate and neither does NAMI. NAMI Ventura County's programs are not only fundamental for our community, but they're absolutely essential. They are critical that we have these programs in our county because NAMI's programs not only supports those suffering from mental illness, but they also wrap around the families that surround them. It is so critical that we have these programs because with these programs, NAMI is able to help people that are suffering from mental illness live fulfilling and happy lives. You don't stay at a nonprofit for over eight years, not unless it's because it's something you really, really wanna do. The reason that I have come to NAMI is, of course, I have a loved one that suffers with mental illness. The way that we um, reach out to the community is by um, educating, supporting, and advocating. All of our NAMI programs are free of charge. We do it because we are compassionate. created just one year ago, right before the COVID-19 pandemic changed all our lives. While everyone's attention turned to the global crisis, NAMI Ventura County moved quickly to continue meeting the profound need for mental health education, support, and advocacy. In response to the new stresses of the pandemic, 
we created and launched a whole new program designed to break down stigma and teach tools proven to promote mental wellness. The impact of NAMI Ventura County's programs is overwhelming. Right now, one in three adults report experiencing anxiety or depression. As a community, we have the opportunity to come together to support our friends and family, our neighbors and coworkers, our schools and community organizations. I support NAMI Ventura County and I hope you will too.
Our scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 34 through 35 and 51 through 53. Jesus told the crowd all these things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth to speak in parables. I will proclaim what has been hidden from the foundation of the world. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left that place. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God.
We have just spent some months considering Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as presented in the Gospel of Matthew, in which Jesus has a lot to say, a lot to say about how we are to be faithful and how in that faithfulness we might get to experience, to have an experience of the kingdom of God, a foretaste of what is to come for all of us through our faithfulness. Jesus is remembered as presenting the notion that the kingdom of God was now and not yet. How we could get a glimpse of it or experience moments of it in our current lives if we gave ourselves over to Jesus' values and behaviors. Though regrettably, the fullness of the kingdom was still out there for us beyond the now in the not yet. His resurrection offered us the assurance of the promise that the possibility of living through our present-day dilemma of spiritual compromise, is that not how it feels for you? It does for me. Can be lived through and sustained into the blessedness of the kingdom consummated. And so we claim Jesus' resurrection as our great hope of our present and of our future. You know, all who heard Jesus' teachings were impressed by his wisdom and his authority. And many, we are a right to imagine, continue in their wondering about the kingdom of God concept that he touted. They couldn't get their minds around it as fully as they desired. And you know, that makes sense. If you think about it, if you think about it for a moment, it makes sense. Understanding the thoughts and the ways of God, well, they are just not easy. They are high above us as we read in scriptures, right? High above our ability to comprehend and to take in. More awesome than we can imagine. The divine mystery is really unfathomable. Yet, 
at the end of the day, sometimes all we are left with is that mystery and we truly want a little bit more. We are driven by the way God has made us. Some, somehow it's innate to our nature to seek greater understanding and to search for a better life. And so we gather in prayer with one another. We gather in song. We gather in worship with one another to get a glimpse, to be reminded of the better that God has for us. And so people hungered and they thirsted for more. And so they pursued Jesus. They're after Jesus. They're traping after him wherever he goes and asking him questions. Tell us more. Tell us a little bit better. Can you help us understand what it is that this kingdom of God business is all really about that you're saying? What is it like? How are we to understand it? And you can imagine Jesus starting to reply and then thinking to himself, the kingdom of God is like, hmm, what's a good way? What's, what's a different way to describe it to these people than I have already? Well, the kingdom of God is like this. And then he would proceed with an aphorism, usually a short and direct statement, something like the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. All right, does that help you? You know, it's like yeast. Or he would take a different track and proceed with a longer narrative that we call a parable. The prodigal son, the good Samaritan. Aphorism or parable, both are explanations that would be more metaphorical in nature than a direct statement of teaching. And it requires a little bit of our participation to unpack its meaning. Because the kingdom of God is not actually a pearl or a lost coin or a laborer arriving late for work or a persistent widow. It's not actually that. But it's like that. It's like this. The usual metaphorical illustration gave people an understanding of the kingdom's qualities or characteristics or how it worked. The kingdom of God is like a tree in a memorial garden at a church campus in Southern California. What? Have you been noticing that the... Uh, the tree's been trimmed? Is that a communication to you from God? It could be. It could be. Are you open to listen to God through the trimming of your memorial garden tree? The kingdom of God is like a gardener who goes into the memorial garden and trims the tree. And some pass by and say, the tree is damaged. The tree is damaged. What happened last week? Right after Easter and the tree got trimmed. It looks terrible. And some people say, no, the tree looks really good. The gardener has aided the tree by trimming the tree. The kingdom of God is like a gardener that trims a tree in hopes that the tree will sprite 
sprout forth new branches, will redirect its native energy to the processes of growth rather than of just staying as it is. Parables are all over the place. They're metaphorical. They give us an understanding, an illumination of the kingdom's reality among us. When we notice it or live into it, the all of the kingdom, the all of the kingdom could just not be contained in a single declarative statement. Because it wasn't even a location but an understanding or, or better yet, a, an attitude or a perception. Well, or, or, or better yet, a gesture of caring or an assertion of priority. Well, or, or, or better yet, a, a relational thing, an interaction. Yeah, all of this is the kingdom or... Ultimately, better yet, a living out of God's love through us back to God and to neighbor. So today and for the upcoming months, we move in a time of listening. In short supply these days, will you practice it with me? Listening to Jesus describe the kingdom of God through parables. We find the parables in the synoptic Gospels. Why aren't they in the Gospel of John? I don't know. And some of them focus on the kingdom. And those are the ones we'll be addressing, addressing in this series. And there's some that are focusing more clearly just on grace. And Rachel and I intend to address those later. You'll remember the parables, like all of Jesus's words, have gone through a process of being heard originally, remembered, and then understood as best they could be, and then written down for further dissemination. They stand in a long tradition of a style of teaching found in the Hebrew scriptures, teaching old and new as we heard in our reading this day. And as we listen to the parable, our task is to ask ourselves the obvious question. What does Jesus mean? What are we to learn about the kingdom and our relation to it? by this story, by this observation. The key thing here is to pay spiritual attention and be open to new ideas. As he liked to say, let all that have ears to listen, listen. Apparently, 
parables are invitations to a special kind of listening that we are not typically inclined to do. A little bit more than a casual attentiveness as we wait for our chance to spout off. The listening Jesus is talking about is a deep listening to how the Spirit might be moving to talk to us in the unusual circumstances of this day. Now, it used to be that we were guided as biblical readers to look for a simple and a straightforward understanding of a parable that they were crafted to teach one point. And modern scholarship thinks parables are more complicated than that with, with multiple meanings beyond the literal and the most apparent metaphorical rendering to other diverse and more hidden meanings as well. So all of our crazy ideas about what this might mean might be valuable to think about and to think through. So we're cautioned to sit with parables and to probe their depth for insights beyond the obvious. And if we are unsettled, and if we are disturbed a little bit about the parable, we are advised by modern biblical scholars that we might be on to its real intended meaning. Because parables were to turn things upside down so we could see things with fresh eyes and in new ways. So, hey, anyone with ears, listen up. What's most exciting about parables is that they have the power to open a door and usher us into a real momentary experience of the kingdom of God with a new thought or a powerful emotion which we are now receiving and and owning up to or, or allowing into our awareness, giving us a aha, aha kind of a moment. If you're not having an aha kind of a moment or a aha kind of a moment, maybe you're not listening with open ears. Hey, hey, everybody with ears, listen up, Jesus says. Now, famed New Testament scholar Norman Perrin writes, the hearers are challenged to recognize in the reversal of human judgments and human situations the sign of the breaking in of the kingdom of God. Apparently, the kingdom of God isn't just going to affirm for us all of the ways by which we have been doing things. Apparently God's kingdom is a little different than our kingdom and has some different ways about how things ought to be happening. Those ways might be startling to us. The parable opens the door to see and to hear that. God's way, which might not be our way. Sure, we all say, listen, you came to work at 8 a.m. in the morning, and now it's 5. You get paid all of those hours for your work, and you who showed up at 4 and worked to 5, 
You don't get paid what everybody else gets paid. Who do you think you are? That you're going to just work an hour and get all of that? Our economy does not work that way. And God says, hey, Dilge, shut up here. That is how my economy works. I'm going to pay that guy who's worked just an hour, who's slow to the party, who came late to the game, but came. I'm going to give him the same reward I've given all of you who have labored the whole day. Oh, wait a second, God. Your justice is not my justice. Your ways are not my ways. Oh, yeah, that's the point. That's the point. Listen up. Listen up. My ways are a little different. Are you on my team? You're going to be playing by my rules, following my ways. And that's particularly challenging to us. And that's why parables are a way by which we can see the new creation. If we are open to it, if we are willing to listen to it and live into it. Aha, we say. Aha, aha, oh Lord. So that's how you work, is it? All right. You mean I've had the privilege of your grace for these eight hours and that's my blessing? It's not the punishment that I've had your grace for these eight hours. It's been my blessing. And thank God that that latecomer has come and knows your grace as well. Ah. So again, Perrin writes, the power of Jesus to transform a parable into a proclamation of the kingdom To mediate the kingdom, Perrin says, for us hearers so that we get an experience of a glimpse of the kingdom is remarkable. So we are supposed to do more than just go, aha. We're supposed to go, oh yeah, I see it. I feel it, what it's like to be at one with God. I want to stay in that place. Now, are, are we asking too much of the parable to be a doorway to the kingdom? Are we asking too much of ourselves that we would actually walk through that doorway? Well, we wouldn't be the first who have underestimated God and ourselves. Yet we wouldn't be the first who would claim that God works in these kind of ways. Perhaps parables are our, I want to say, Protestant version of the Orthodox Church's icons. A special doorway through which we can connect to God's living presence.
Well, we'll see. Hey, though. Hey, hey. Anybody with ears? Anyone with ears? Listen up. One thing we do know is that Jesus intended us to be illumined by the parables, and the authors of our scriptures thought the parables illumined. And so they included them. They were remembered. People were touched and transformed and given the opportunity for subsequent generations to have that same experience. Given the opportunity to change into someone better by the parable. Amy Jill Levine, who we've all become acquainted with through our study of Lent, writes, Jesus understood that God does not play by our rules. His God is a generous God who not only allows the sun to shine on both the just and the unjust, but also gives us the ability to live into what should be rather than what is. This is a big deal, that insight about God and about us. Again, she writes, Jesus is God wants us to be better than we are because we have the potential to be. Now, I know that can be annoying. I had a parishioner come up to me uh, at a different church, not this church, at a different church, and said, Dilge, what's the deal? You keep hassling us about being better. Can't we just be? Yeah, yeah, you can just be. You can just be. But maybe that's not what God intends for you, just to be who you are now. Maybe God intends for you to be more. You know, we are made a little lower than the divine, Psalm 8 says. We should start acting in a more heavenly manner, Levine says. Those who pray, your kingdom come, might want to take some responsibility, she writes, in the process of your kingdom coming. And so work in partnership with God. Aha. Let those who have ears to hear listen. Indeed, let us listen, learn, and live into the truth of thy kingdom come. It's a gift from Jesus to us all. Amen. Hey, the kingdom has been proclaimed. I hope you had an aha moment where you experienced the love and the grace that God has for us and the invitation to live into who God desires us to be. As we hear those hey, hey's and aha's, we have the opportunity to say thank you. Thank you to a God who loves us most profoundly and wants us to build the kingdom here on earth. 
the tithes, gifts, and offerings that we give help us to do the ministry of building that kingdom. We prayerfully ask for your donations as we receive a gift of music. Well, you know, that's it. We trust that this service has been a blessing to you. I know as God's power is among us that indeed there are things here in this worship service that edify your soul and move you forward, nurturing and equipping. You know, you have the opportunity this week to think great thoughts and to do great deeds, all of you, each one of you. Imagine that that is so. It is so. Pay attention to the life that is around you. Stay connected to God's Spirit and let love lead in all that you say and do. With God's support, find a way to live into God's sovereignty this week. Be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. Amen. Christ is risen, let all.